KTRS Red salutes Heart Health Month. Presented by St. Luke's Hospital Heart and Vascular Institute, CJ's O'Fallon, United Healthcare, and KTRS Cares. Dr. Morton Reinder is medical director of St. Luke's Heart Attack Program. Thank you so much for joining us. Hey, thank you. How are you all doing today? We are fantastic. Let's start with what is acute myocardial infarction? Infarction. Infarction. Okay. What is that? That that means uh, that's basically what a, a heart attack is. It's a fancy name for the cellular death or the cellular damage that occurs in the heart when people have blockage or an acute blockage of their heart artery or the artery that supplies their heart muscle. And the muscle itself will die. And so we call that an acute myocardial infarction or a heart attack. So they're, they're sort of interchangeable. Got you. And do we get that after we've been diagnosed with some sort of heart disease or this could be separate? So it could be the first sign of a person having heart disease. You know, heart disease is a, is a silent killer, as they call it. It builds up over time and people may have absolutely no symptoms until one day they have abrupt onset of chest pain. And what's happening at the site of the heart is the artery that supplies the muscle and the muscle cells has a plaque in it that's growing slowly. And then suddenly the plaque either ruptures or forms some sort of blood clot and that blood clot stops flow and the muscle downstream of that artery starts to become dysfunctional and damaged. And then there's, there's death of the cells. And so people sometimes will have symptoms. They'll have symptoms beforehand, like some stuttering chest pain or shortness of breath, and that's a warning sign. And that's why it's so important if you have any of these signs and symptoms to get to a doctor or a hospital immediately and tell them, look, I'm having these symptoms. I don't know what this is. Let's make sure it's not my heart. But unfortunately, there are some people, their first symptom is an abrupt onset of chest pain, and it's actually a, a heart attack. So, doctor, what are some of those symptoms we should look for? Yeah, I mean, it can be variable. A lot of people have a lot of different symptoms. And unfortunately, the heart is not what we call a somatic uh, problem. It's like, you know, if you have a, if someone cuts you on your finger, you know exactly where that is. You know, the pain is right in the finger. The heart is an internal organ. And so many people will have chest pain. Some people will have arm pain or shoulder pain. Sometimes they'll have jaw pain. They may have all of it, too. And so people will classically say they have like a, a pressure on their chest or a, or, a, or, a, or a burning in their chest that radiates into their arm and into their jaw. Many times it's associated with shortness of breath. Sometimes it's associated with breaking out in a sweat. So those are sort of the classic symptoms. But there's variability. Some people will have pain right below the breastbone, what we call the epigastric area. And it can be very difficult to distinguish between like a, a GI pain, like reflux of acid, and your heart. So what I usually tell people is if any of these symptoms, chest discomfort, shortness of breath, pain at the, at the breastbone, right, right, right below the, the chest, if any of those symptoms are occurring, get to see a doctor and get, a, get an EKG, especially if these symptoms are occurring during like walking or exerting yourself. And are the symptoms the same for men and women? 
um, they can be incredibly variable. A lot of people say, well, women don't have typical pain, and that's exactly correct. Women may have just shortness of breath, or women may have right arm pain instead of left arm pain. But the truth is, is that it's true for men and women. So if you're looking for classic, the classic is the anterior chest pain. feels like, quote, an elephant is sitting on my chest. People mm-hmm. will take their fist and put it right in the center of their chest and say, I got this pain right here. But people can get incredibly variable pains. And women, you know, particularly women, will have a typical pain. It's more shoulder. It's more, it's more back or, or the, 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 the scapula or, you know, the, 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 the center of their back. And shortness of breath is a big one also. So if you have those symptoms, another good reason to get to see a doctor or go to the emergency room if they're abrupt. When we talk about heart attacks or trying to avoid them, we always mention uh, stopping smoking. And with people, uh, smokers in the United States being at 10% or lower these days, um, you know, we can avoid that. What about eating right and exercising? Which is the most effective at preventing uh, heart disease or a heart attack? Well, that's a great question. I, I, I don't know exactly if there's been studies to show that one versus the other, the eating or the exercise. Obviously, you know, eating too much and creating obesity or sugar diabetes um, is, is certainly a, a, an incredibly important risk factor for heart disease. Diabetics have a much higher risk of, of heart disease. So anybody who has diabetes or that, that infamous pre-diabetes you need to be very aware. You need to almost screen for heart disease out of, right out of the gate. But in my mind, exercise is also equally important. You know, the, unfortunately, we're an incredibly sedentary group of people now. We're on our phones too much. We're on our computers too much. We're surfing the web. And so we need to stay more active because that, 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 uh, um, that exercise helps to train our muscles, helps to get our hearts working a lot less hard. So I think that it's extremely important for both. But in my mind, you know, the, the overeating and the, the, the higher calorie counts and things like that, it predisposes to diabetes, and the diabetes is such an important thing to avoid uh, to avoid heart disease uh, these days. But isn't it great that, you know, so much education has gotten out there about smoking and people are reducing smoking so much? And I think that's an equally super important thing because there's a huge delay. You know, you stop smoking tomorrow – that doesn't mean you're a non-smoker. It means you're a, you're a smoker that just quit. And so it takes time for that, your body to sort of re after the smoking stops. The heart is a muscle, but is there a shelf life? Like, do we have a, a maximum amount of beats, a maximum amount of time in, in you know, uh, the age that we are? Or if we can maintain our health... Do we never have to worry about our heart just going out? I think that's true. I think that the 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 number of beats is not really the important thing. It's heart and it's it's overall health of the the, the patient. And no, if if you're a, a hundred years old and you've been taking care of yourself and your heart is strong and you don't have, you know, coronary artery disease or any other valve or any other problem because you've been you know, taking care of that heart, your heart's not going to give out just yet. I mean, you know, unfortunately, you know, there are some other things that'll that'll take you out, 
at the, at those advanced ages. But no, your heart's not just going to stop one day and say, "Hey, look, I've had enough." <laughs> um, it, it'll keep on going for for the most part. There are times when people's hearts slow down, and we got to put pacemakers in them because the the conduction system kind of wears down over time, like the rest of our bodies as we get older, and the the, the population is definitely aging. But no, it's not going to just quit one day just because it's it's run out of beats. We're talking to Dr. Morton Reinder, medical director of St. Luke's Heart Attack Program. What are some things that we can do to kind of manage this? How can we obviously exercise what we eat? What are some other things that we can do? Well, prevention is everything. And I encourage everybody who's listening out there to, you know, get with the guidelines, as we call it, or know your numbers Make sure your blood pressure is under control, that you're, you're exercising and eating right, keeping your weight at a, at a good weight, um, and also you know, checking your cholesterol at regular intervals with your doctor, making sure that you know, you're, you're, you're doing those things both medically and also individually, like, you know, such as exercise and eating right and getting plenty of rest. Um, uh, that help to prevent heart disease. So prevention is everything. And, and we, we've shown that with prevention and with early detection, we've reduced mortality rates re- related to heart disease. We're detecting it earlier and earlier. And there are many pharmacologic and non-pharmacologic ways that you can do it. And so we have so much available to people with non-invasive testing, testing that can uh, you know show your risk and help you with guiding you as to what you can do to, to help yourself over time. But this is a preventable problem. And I, I, the message out there is, you know, get, get early and get with your doctor, get with the, 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 know your numbers, get with the guidelines and start working on it. Cause you know, w- with some early prevention, we can live a long time and feel really great. One of our listeners is wondering, can you get rid of plaque once it develops? It's hard. You actually can. There's actually studies showing that you can melt it away somewhat. It takes a fairly intensive program. And, you know, we're talking about intense dietary changes and intense cholesterol lowering. Our biggest goal when we have people who have plaque is to at least stabilize it, not let it get any worse. And if it does, and if you you do use these medications or lifestyle changes, many times we can we can stabilize the plaque and prevent heart attacks. I had a caller just call in and say, what about energy drinks? What about drinking daily coffee or multiple coffees? Is caffeine bad? Caffeine in and of itself is bad. And, you know, it's sort of like, I'm sorry, caffeine in and of itself is not bad as long as it's in moderation. The problem is I find it with these energy drinks is that they have excessive amounts of caffeine plus these other chemicals in there like taurine that have significant effects on the heart rate it can it can predispose you to arrhythmias caffeine in moderate doses it just came out in the guidelines for atrial fibrillation from the aha and the acc that as long as you're not doing these excessive caffeine or the caffeine drinks that limiting caffeine is not really going to help change anything that much so a little bit of caffeine is good moderate amount of caffeine is fine but excessive amounts, you're, you're taking some chances with regard to arrhythmias, especially. We're not going to have time to get to all of our questions. We're on a hot topic here, doctor. But somebody wants to know any thoughts on the small, inexpensive EKG devices. They're really helpful at det- detecting atrial fibrillation, which is another 
sort of, you know, really common problem that people are having these days. I like the Cardia Mobile. I like the Apple Watch for the most part. There, there, there are times when they're wrong, uh, but a lot of times they're pretty accurate. They're pretty good at detecting these atrial fibrillation episodes. And if you have atrial fibrillation, to go off topic, sorry about this, but if you do have uh, your, your watch or your wearable technology telling you that you have atrial fibrillation, another good reason to go to the doctor because that predisposes you to a stroke and you need to get that checked out and, and treated before that happens. Somebody said, Dr. Reinder saved my life. I had zero symptoms and wound up needing a quadruple bypass. So I'm sure you hear that quite a bit. And we really appreciate your time and your knowledge this afternoon. Well, it's my pleasure. And to all the listeners out there, thank you. And uh, I, hope, I hope everyone takes this to heart, so to speak, and gets themselves taken care of. Well said.